0: This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number 29, Jordan Burroughs. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Tina Sire, Chief Impact Officer of Positive Coaching Alliance, steps in for Jim and talks with U.S. Olympic hopeful and 2011 world champion wrestler Jordan Burroughs. Basically training
1: your mind to fight through the tough times. You know, as a wrestler and as any athlete, you're going to overcome a lot of adversity. You're going to have times where you're going to have bad referees, you're going to have cheating opponents, you're going to have nagging injuries and a lot of distractions. And basically, you have to train your mind to get over those points, you know. So just like when you're lifting in the weight room and you need to get that last rep, you have to train your mind to focus and, and push through that pain. You know, nothing good has ever come from giving up, you know. So basically, anything that's worth something and worthwhile comes with a lot of hard work. So for me, I have to train my mind to overcome adversity, to push through the pain, And know that my mind tells my body what to do and not vice versa.
0: Jordan shares with us his journey from humble beginnings to collegiate and international wrestling prowess. With the help of family and coaches, Jordan has worked hard to develop himself both mentally and physically for the adversities he will face both on the mat and in life.
2: Jordan, I want to start off by introducing you to our audience. A native of Camden, New Jersey, Jordan Burroughs began to gain attention for his wrestling in his senior year at Winslow Township High School under head coach Rick Koss. Jordan won three district championships, two regional championships, and a state title. At the University of Nebraska, he won the Big 12 title as a sophomore. Then, in his junior and senior years, he completed back to back, undefeated seasons, culminating in NCAA titles. As a senior, Jordan won the Dan Hodge Trophy as the NCAA Wrestler of the Year. Just three weeks after completing his college career, he won the U.S. Open Freestyle Championship at 74 kilograms, made the United States World Team, and won the title at the 2011 World Wrestling Championships in Istanbul, and then won again at the 2011 Pan American Games in Guadalajara. He soon heads to London for the Summer Olympics, viewed as America's greatest hope in wrestling. Jordan, thanks for joining the Responsible Sports audience and me today.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
2: Great. Your rise to prominence seems to have been slow and steady. Uh, You weren't necessarily a really young prodigy, but later in high school you began to stand out on the mat and continued working hard every step of your career. Can you tell us a little bit about how you see that journey?
1: Uh, It's been an awesome journey for me, you know. Not always being the best has definitely humbled me. So uh, at an early career, at an early point in my career, in an early age, I wasn't always the best kid. You know, I was a really small growing up. And it's been really helpful in my career, you know. So I've seen what it takes to be the best. i put the work and the time in to get to this point in my career. And I've put a lot of hard work and dedication and made a lot of commitments and sacrifices. So uh, it just tells me that if you put in the hard work, anything's possible.
2: That's great. Was there a certain point um, in your career where you sort of something clicked and you began to realize that you could potentially be a state champion or even an NCAA champion or a world champion?
1: Yeah, definitely. I remember in high school, by my sophomore year of high school, um, my head coach, Rick, kind of sat me down and basically asked me what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And, you know, as a, a 15-year-old kid, it's kind of a tough decision to make and you really don't know where you want to go from that point forward. I couldn't see myself in 10 years. So, Basically, I knew I wanted to go to college, but I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. So wrestling was what I was best at, and basically I dedicated myself to the wrestling community. I started to indulge in wrestling, lifting year-round, training year-round, became better as a wrestler, more motivated in the practice room, and basically started to accomplish my goals. So I was a state champion, ended up going to Nebraska, and was with Coach Mark Manning, who's my head coach now. He's been around the greatest athletes that this country has had to offer in the sport of wrestling, and he saw that potential in me to be one of the best in the world champ. And uh, an Olympic champ, and I believe in everything he said. I trust him as a a man and as a coach, and uh, it's worked out so far to this point.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, at fifteen, that's a pretty big question to be asked um, as a teenager. I'm I'm curious. You talk about all the work, the weight training, and the different work you put in, and when you think about your success, you know what? How much of it do you think comes from just sort of pure um, talent that you had since you were born, versus from sort of the effort and learning that you put in over the years?
1: I think it's mostly all effort you know i was always talented i was born with talent but i wasn't always the best you know so if it was strictly talent i would have been amazing at a young age so it was definitely the work that i put in all the sacrifices the commitments all the parties that i skipped with my friends all the meals that i skipped to make weight all the sprints that i ran after practice it's just been a culmination of many many sacrifices and commitments that i've made over the years that's got me to this point
2: um, so so I read uh, that between sort of college and then when you were preparing to sort of make the transition to freestyle wrestling, you only really had a few weeks to do that. And um, how did you, you know, how did you adapt and maybe not just technically but also psychologically in such a short period of time?
1: Uh, basically, I'm an ultimate competitor, you know, and I was really successful in college. Um, two-time national champ, as you mentioned before. So after that point in my career, I had a huge amount of confidence. My confidence level was extremely high. So once I stepped onto the freestyle scene, I expected to win each time I stepped on the mat, no matter who I was competing against, whether it was a, a guy that was just an NCAA All American or a guy that was a world champion, you know, I expected to win. So that was definitely helpful that confidence level that I stepped out on the mat with and that swagger. And that was probably the biggest part, it's, been, it's just that confidence that I had.
2: And did your coaches do anything specifically to help you with the transition?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. We had like a, a freestyle crash course right after the NCAA championship. So I only had two weeks to prepare for the U.S. Open, which is our national championship in freestyle. And uh, basically we had a crash course in that two weeks. Coach Manning sat me down, told me what I needed to work on, the uh, skills I needed to translate into freestyle. And it was it was a, a crash course, but it was definitely helpful and got me a little bit more prepared for that tournament.
2: That's great um, how do the two styles the collegiate style and the freestyle um, how do they compare
1: uh, they're different they're a lot different just in terms of the scoring system you know um, the scoring system is definitely different there's points given and awarded and freestyle that aren't given and folk style and vice versa uh, the periods are two minutes apiece as opposed to three minutes and um, and folk style and it's 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 very different you know so there's pushouts which are are at one point apiece, so there's a lot of rule changes that's really tough to explain if you're not actually watching a match, but it's uh, a super competitive sport, you know, and we're the only country that actually does folk style, so once you get on the, the freestyle scene, the international scene, everyone's wrestling freestyle from a young, early age, so mm. basically as a country, the U.S., we're we're a little bit behind, and we're at a disadvantage, but uh, we're just trying to come back and restore the order and get back to where we were in the early 90s when we were winning gold medals.
2: Gotcha. Um, so, so I see that you have a pretty colorful and confident, uh, Twitter. Um, I think it's at all I see is gold. And, um, I I read one of your tweets that you have to train your mind like you train your body. And I'm curious, what do you mean when you say train your
1: mind? Uh, basically training your mind to fight through the tough times, you know, as a wrestler and as any athlete, you're going to overcome a lot of adversity. You're going to have times where you're going to have bad referees. You're going to have cheating opponents. We're going to have nagging injuries and a lot of distractions and basically you have to train your mind to get over those points you know so just like when you're lifting the weight room and you need to get that last rep you have to train your mind to focus and and push through that pain you know nothing good has ever come from giving up you know so basically anything that's worth something and worthwhile comes with a lot of hard work so for me i have to train my mind to overcome adversity to push through the pain and know that my mind tells my body what to do and not vice versa
2: So the responsible sports community, we have a lot of parents who are dealing, you know, with kids who feel like they're losing games or losing matches because of bad officiating or they, you know, their kids come off at halftime and they're complaining to the coaches that the opponent's cheating. Um, What what would you tell coaches or parents about how to handle that when kids are complaining about poor officiating or, or opponents who are cheating?
1: Uh, just tell them to continue playing, you know, continue playing hard. Um, there's only one thing you control, and that's your performance. You know, you can't control the referees. You can't control the calls. You can't control your opponent. You can only control yourself. So that's the thing I always focus on most is what's in my control, and I let the rest take care of itself. So I know if I'm wrestling at my best ability or competing at my best ability for any other athlete, then I know hopefully things will go my way and you just have to stay focused and basically just try not to get rattled from uh, from a lot of distractions
2: that sounds really good. Have you always been good at doing that?
1: Uh no, I haven't. Just when I got to college is when I actually started to learn all these philosophies. So for me, I wasn't always the toughest kid in the room. Um I always didn't work the hardest, but through years of experience and years of seeing that working hard has gotten me to this place that I'm in now, I've uh, basically adapted these philosophies and these strategies that helped me continue to win. You know, I'm actually reading a book called Mind Gym right now. It's basically the uh it's a book written about the athletic and the mental side of athletics. So it's, uh, it's super important to have a mental edge in your opponents because everyone trains hard, everyone works hard, everyone wants to win. But very few people want to train as hard as it takes to win.
2: Yeah. I guess just one more question. So if you're in the middle of a match and you have this philosophy and, and you feel yourself getting frustrated, like if, if the opponent's cheating or you feel like there's a bad call, do you have a specific sort of technique you use to put that behind you and, and focus forward that you might share?
1: Basically, I stay mentally focused. I do a lot of visual preparation, a lot of mental and envisioning of myself in a match before it actually happens, you know. So I just lay back for maybe three or four minutes and basically just put me in that position. So right now I'm putting myself in the position to know where I want to be at the games. And there's going to be a lot of pandemonium, a lot of distractions, um, a lot of referees that may give me bad calls, and a lot of opponents that might not wrestle the within the rules, you know, so basically yep. I'm in that time, I'll put myself in that time period, work on having my optimal performance and feeling as good as possible and feeling as good as necessary to, to, to basically go out there and win, you know. So basically I've dreamt about winning a world title, dreamt about winning a gold medal already. Basically mm-hmm. all I have to do is go out there and get it.
2: We'll be watching you. Um, which which wrestling coaches stand out in your memory? I mean, obviously, you've wrestled for a lot of different coaches, but what sorts of techniques did they use that help you most, and who really stands out to you as an excellent coach?
1: Uh, definitely my high school and college coach, Coach um, Rick Cost and Mark Manning. They were really important to me. They basically told me not only how to be a great wrestler, but how to be a man, you know, and when you mm-hmm. can wrestle for someone that you trust, it makes it a lot easier for you to compete, you know, because... When you're in the corner and things aren't going your way and it's extremely tough to keep fighting, you know, when you can look in your corner and see someone that you know has your back regardless if you win or lose and someone that's been there for you and, and sees the grind and, and all the emotion that's put into the sport, it's, it's really important. So for them guys to be there for me at this point in my career, they definitely helped me out and uh, it's super important.
2: So I, I really like um, what you said there. You feel like the coaches made you a better wrestler, but a better man. And, you know, we talk about responsible coaches helping athletes learn life lessons through sports, and it's great to make them, you know, good at soccer, good at football, or good at wrestling, but it's really what kind of person you're shaping. And I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about wrestling and how you feel like it's shaped you off the mat and the kind of person, the kind of man you are off the mat.
1: Uh, it's definitely shaped me. You know, it's taught me a lot of discipline, how to make sacrifices and commitments, how to basically realize that sports is about winning but also it's about developing yourself you know so as i developed as a man i learned how to work hard i learned what i needed to do to be able to support my family one day what i needed to be able to do to make myself a better person you know and as that continued and i continued to acquire all those um philosophies and all those qualities they're basically winning take care of itself you know so i was becoming a, a harder worker um making more sacrifice commitments um being a leader on and off the mat and, and the winning took care of itself you know so I love to win winning is the most important part of sport for me but uh, when I developed myself as a man the winning took care of itself
2: that's great so when you were um, in high school or in college uh, did you serve as a captain um, and were there certain things you did as a team leader in that role or are there certain things your captains did do that you thought really stood out as a leader on the team
1: uh, yeah I was a captain both high school and college um, basically I I was a hard worker. I worked extremely hard every day in the wrestling room. I never had a problem making weight. I always Mm -hmm. went to class, always did my homework, always. It was never a problem academically, you know, so Mm -hmm. that was really important for me. That was super motivating for the coaches, you know. They wanted me to be the guy. They wanted me to be that role model. So I was a guy everyone looked forward to watching wrestle. Everyone Mm -hmm. looked forward to wins out on the mat. And everyone looked forward to be doing the right stuff off the mat. So it was definitely big for me to be able to have people my same age, basically my peers looking up to me, was was a huge step in my career, a huge motivator for me. And uh, hopefully I can be captain someday for Team USA.
2: Yeah, it sounds like you really led by example, um, walking the talk. So so I guess shifting gears a little bit, um, I've read some stories of wrestlers, you know, taking fairly drastic measures to drop weight. Um, before matches. And I'm curious, um, you know, what what can a responsible sports parent do to make sure their kids are being safe, you know, when it comes to a sport like wrestling um, where where weight is an issue?
1: Uh, I would say to try to limit weight cutting as much as possible. You know, I was really tiny in high school. I was a 135 pounder my senior year. ended Mm -hmm. up wrestling 165 as a senior in college, you know, so I did a lot of growth. Um, Always felt good and never cut much weight you know so it's really important when you're not cutting weight you're able to focus on the task at hand able to focus on what's really important that's becoming better a wrestler and not focusing on losing weight you know so i was able to come into practice feeling good just working out in a t-shirt and shorts not worry about making weight, just worrying about wrestling and learning techniques so that was really important for me uh, kids are growing and it's really important in their young lives to be able to grow as much as possible so they can be big strong athletes as they become young men. So Mm -hmm. I would say to limit the weight cutting and feel good, feel healthy, have fun with the sport. It's a tough sport, you know. So if you could limit as much stress and as much weight cutting as possible, make it an even greater sport.
2: Yeah. What advice would you give a parent if if they were concerned, like if they felt like their child was getting pressured to – drop weight by the coach and you know there was either an open spot or you know just they felt like the coach was really leaning on their kid um what would you suggest that parent do in that situation
1: i would suggest them to try to help their kid get bigger you know and and be able to compete with the guy above them in a weight class you know mm-hmm. so that's what i always did was i never wanted to cut weight so if there was a guy above me that i knew was tough but i knew i could feel good at that weight you know so if I had to go up a weight class. I would focus on becoming a better wrestler, mm-hmm. focus on what I needed to do to beat that guy ahead of me and feeling strong at that weight. You know, So if that guy was cutting weight, he would be at a disadvantage and you will be feeling good and strong because you were able to move up, eat healthily every day and lift weights hard and yeah. become a better wrestler while he was focusing on cutting weight.
2: Great. Great. Um, so, so another issue that comes up a lot in the responsible sports community is injuries and a lot of kids, you know, needing to come back from injuries. And I know when you were in college, um, you actually had to take a medical red shirt year, you know, coming back from your knee surgery. And I'm curious if you could just talk to our audience a little bit about some of the challenges in that process and how you eventually, you know, overcame those challenges to be the wrestler you are today.
1: Uh, yeah, it was super tough, you know, my senior year in college, I had an injury, and I was basically probably the lowest point in my career, you know, but it definitely humbled me. You know, I went from being a world-class athlete to walking on crutches in an knee brace for two months, so mm-hmm. it was extremely humbling for me. It gave me my hunger back and not, made me not complacent anymore where I was in my career. And after coming off a national championship season, I was kind of complacent. It really won't work as hard. I thought everything would come easier the second year, but mm-hmm. it's never tougher the, first, uh, the second time around. You know, So I kept faith in God, kept faith in my coaching staff, my parents, my family, and my training staff, and basically they got me back to where I needed to be. So it took a lot of hard work, a lot of patience, but I uh, got back to where I needed to be and um, just kept faith in everyone that was around me.
2: That's great. Um, so some of, the, some of the media coverage of you has described your desire to give back to the youth in Camden and to really be an ambassador for wrestling and help establish your sport Um, almost as an avenue for youth to escape poverty. Um, What does that opportunity mean to you?
1: It's awesome. You know, wrestling's an awesome sport. It's a great sport, and it's something that anyone can do. You know, it's extremely fun. I know a lot of young black kids in the community love playing basketball and football and stuff like that, but for me, wrestling was always an awesome sport. I just want to show them that young African Americans can be successful with this sport as well. You know, it's a, a... predominantly white sport and um, it's it's an awesome sport you know it's got me in ca- college education um, mm-hmm. it's helped me in my career, it's taken me all over the world to explore and view places I've probably never ever seen on my own so it's definitely a great sport and uh, it definitely can be helpful to any young kid in the community trying to find an escape from poverty so wrestling's a great sport and it can take you away from all that
2: you, you talk about how um, African-American kids might gravitate to other sports. Um, was your family supportive when it became clear how passionate you were about wrestling?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. My family was always supportive. I was the first person in my family to wrestle. So at first, I mean, it was kind of a little bit difficult because no one really knew what was going on. But after a while, they've seen how good I was and successful at an early age and uh, how much I loved it. They kept me in it. you know. So all my friends were playing basketball, and I kind of wanted to play basketball, too, because it was a cool thing to do. But I uh, realized how successful I was at wrestling and how far it's taken me up to this point in my career. So I think I made the right decision.
2: So are some of your family members going to be able to join you in London?
1: Yeah, definitely. I have a lot of family and friends coming out to London to see me, so it should be a pretty awesome time.
2: So so as we wrap up, tell us a little bit about um, your approach and sort of the attitude and some of the strategies um, that you're taking to London with you for the Olympic Games.
1: Uh, definitely just staying mentally focused right now. You know, I've put in all the hard work. I've prepared for years. Everyone thinks just a little bit of preparation after the Olympic trials when you know you make the team. But uh, I've been having this dream since I was a kid to be an Olympic gold medalist. So it's been a culmination of years and years of training and hard work leading up to this point, just staying mindfully focused, trying to stay healthy right now at this point in my career. And uh, just realizing the task at hand is to go out there and win a gold medal. So it's gold or bust for me. I'm trying to work as hard as possible right now, so make sure I leave no stone unturned and won't have any setbacks come August.
2: Great. Well, Jordan, I want to thank you for taking the time today to share with me and our Responsible Sports listeners all of your thoughts. And uh, I think your insights and your approach can really help a number of parents and coaches and student-athletes who are listening today. And uh, know that all of us will be pulling for you in London and watching you and rooting on the USA.
0: All right. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. To learn more about Responsible Sports, including downloading valuable tools on how you can help youth athletes stay positive in youth sports, visit ResponsibleSports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.